Welcome to the All About Fitness Podcast. On this episode of All About Fitness, I'm just going with a quick fit tip about high-intensity interval training, HIT. This has been one of the most popular formats of exercise over the past few years. Why? Well, simply put, because it works. What high-intensity interval training is, for people that have done HIT workouts or high-intensity workouts, you're somewhat familiar with it. But I think the way it's being applied in a lot of health clubs and a lot of workout classes is, well, frankly, wrong or just incorrect or not according to the science or ineffective or inefficient or too much or could be hurt. As you can tell, there's a lot to high-intensity interval training that maybe doesn't get conveyed correctly. Let's take a step back and look what high-intensity interval training is. First of all, HIT has been around for a long time. Going back more than a century, interval training was used by track athletes as a way to increase the amount of work or increase the intensity without overtraining or overworking their bodies. Track coaches, and actually it was from Scandinavia, track coaches in, in Finland and Sweden realized that by alternating between periods of faster work and slower work, that distance runners could actually be more efficient over the course of a distance race. So that's evolved over the years. Where we are now with high-intensity interval training is what it is. It's a format that alternates between doing extremely high-intensity work intervals, meaning we know this, whether you're doing indoor cycling, weight training, running, whatever it is, high-intensity interval training alternates extremely high-intensity work intervals, just what it sounds like, with periods of lower intensity of active rest or active recovery. Here's the basic physiology of how it works. Your body produces it. When you eat carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, uh, let me take a step back. When you, eat, when you eat food, your body will break it down and start converting carbohydrates and fats into adenosine triphosphate, or ATP. That's the chemical that your body uses for energy. You know, proteins are used to repair muscle tissue and repair other tissue, and protein can be used in a fuel, but only in extreme cases, and I'll touch on that in a second. But when your body has ATP, or when your body has energy available for exercise, when you start working at a higher intensity, you tap into a different source of energy. At a lower intensity, like right now as you're listening to this, you may be sitting or you may be walking or, or doing somewhat relatively low intensity. When you exercise at relatively low intensity, your body's metabolizing primarily fat for fuel. Along with that, you're using oxygen to help convert fat into fuel and your body's burning the ATP. It's relatively standard. But as soon as your exercise intensity elevates, your body needs energy quicker, needs ATP quicker, so it won't use fat. It'll start using glycogen in the working muscles. Now, this applies primarily to the working muscles. Your, your postural muscles, like the spinal stabilizers and the smaller muscles, they're probably going to be using you know, fat and aerobic respiration throughout an exercise. But when we look at those muscles involved in exercise, let's use indoor cycling as an example. When we look at indoor cycling, the muscles involved in the indoor cycling are primarily the legs, hamstrings, quadriceps, calves, glutes, yada, yada, yada. So when we look at a high-intensity interval training on indoor cycling, when you do a high-intensity bout, you deplete the involved muscles of the available energy. So you need a period of time to allow that energy to be replaced. Think of it like your cell phone. If you take your cell phone out and you look at video, how quickly does your cell phone battery drain? It drains pretty quickly, right? So what do you need to do? You need to plug it back in to allow the battery to recharge. Well, in essence, that's what we're doing with high-intensity interval training. High-intensity interval training means you work really hard for a short period of time to deplete the available energy, and you can tell that when you fatigue. When your breathing gets really quick and your muscles are burning, that's an indicator that you kind of should take a step back and allow the body to rest a little bit. Here's where a lot of HIIT programs and modern health clubs get it wrong. And I'll say that again. Here's where a lot of instructors who are trying to do HIIT get it 
wrong. They get it incorrect. They do not allow enough recovery. The recovery phase between bouts of high-intensity work interval is essential for allowing your body to, A, first of all, get rid of metabolic byproduct. When you're working really hard and you start feeling that burning sensation in your muscles, that's the accumulation of lactate. That's the accumulation of hydrogen ions. Basically, you're changing your blood acidity. That's why you can only do a high-intensity working level for a very short period of time is basically your blood is getting toxic because of all the, the, basically the exhaust product of the energy being produced. So during the lower-intensity active recovery interval, what your body is doing is actually during the high-intensity bout, during the high-intensity interval of HIIT training, your body is working anaerobically, meaning it's producing energy without oxygen. So say you do a 20-second high-intensity interval and you're depleted, you're fatigued by the end of the 20 seconds which you should be if you're doing it right. If you're doing high-intensity interval training and you do a 20 or 30-second work interval and you're like, oh, that wasn't that hard, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I hate to tell you that, but if you are doing HIIT training properly, at the end of 20 or 30 seconds, you should be wiped out and needing that active recovery, recovery interval. If you're not there, you got to step up the intensity because it's the intensity that makes all the difference. And I'll explain why in a second. But when we look at HIIT training, during the work interval, you're depleting your body of energy, so you need that active recovery interval to remove the metabolic byproduct and to produce the new energy. Basically, you're plugging your cell phone back in to recharge it for the next round of exercise. Now, if you don't have enough recovery, then you don't have a full battery, a full battery ready to rock and roll. And when we look at high-intensity interval training, if you're working on the really high intensity, say you do a 20-second high-intensity bout of exercise, ideally you should have maybe three or four times that length of time for an active recovery to restore the energy in your muscles. You know, where that gets tricky, you know, right, in classes is a lot of instructors get fearful because they don't want people standing around. Well, you can do a really high-intensity work interval and then shift and do 40 or 60 seconds of much lower-intensity work that still keeps you active, but you're allowing your body to recharge. When we look at high-intensity interval protocols, what's most important What's most important is the intensity, not the duration. That's because what the research is showing is that four minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes of HIIT training is all that's really necessary to make adaptations to your body. And that's because the high-intensity interval training is just that high intensity. It's really stressful on the body. The body is very adaptable. The human body, the physiology is very adaptable. If you stress it in certain ways with HIIT training, it will adapt by becoming more efficient. It'll produce some energy more efficiently. It'll actually, the, the best part about HIIT training is it improves your recovery. The sign of fitness is the quicker you can recover from a bout of high-intensity work, the quicker you recover, the fitter you are. So if you do 20 or 30 seconds of really hard, really high-intensity exercise, the shorter you recover, the fitter you are. That means you still need the recovery, but you just have to understand and respect that you will get better at it. So when we look at HIIT protocols, all right, a high-intensity interval training protocol, we use Tabata as an example. Now, Tabata protocol is 20 seconds of really hard work followed by 10 seconds of just very minimal recovery. Now, ideally, that's not enough recovery, but here's the thing. You're only supposed to do eight 20-second cycles followed by eight 10-second rest intervals. That's a total of four minutes. There's a tremendous amount of research, and I'm going to see if I can post a link to, to something that came out last fall, but there's a tremendous amount of research that demonstrates that just four minutes of it, one four-minute Tabata can produce significant results in terms of cardiorespiratory efficiency, aerobic efficiency, VO2 max. So people that are doing these 40, 50-minute HIIT workouts are way, way overtraining. 
you know, I'm going to link below in the show notes. This is a quick fit tip. I'm going to link below in the show notes. I've done previous interviews with Martin Gabala. Martin Gabala out of Canada, his lab has been researching HIT for 30 years. And we had a conversation a while back about his new book, The One Minute Workout. And that sounds a little bit, you know, facetious, but it's absolutely true. Because Gabala's research is showing that it's the intensity, not duration, that's making the differences in the body. So if you do a total of one minute of high-intensity exercise, two 30-second or three 20-second bouts in like an eight-minute workout, that's all you need for health benefits. So I'm going to have that interview below in the show notes. I'm also going to have an interview with a colleague, Fabio Camana. He's a professor at San Diego State University. I've interviewed him previously about HIIT training. Because the important thing is I want you to understand that HIT is good. But too much HIIT, especially if you don't get the proper recovery, is not good and can lead to overtraining. And I'm going to do a separate quick fit tip in the future on overtraining. But if you're listening and you enjoy doing high-intensity interval training, please keep in mind you should be doing no more than two, maybe three sessions a week. Maybe three sessions a week if you have good nutrition and good recovery. You can only train as hard as you recover. I'll say that again. You can only train as hard as you recover. If all you're doing is high-intensity training and you don't give your body any time off, guess what? You're going to break down. You're going to get sick. Your, your immune system is going to be compromised. You're going to overstress your tissues. You're going to get injured. You, you've probably felt that before. But for high-intensity interval training to be most effective, you only need to do maybe two workouts a week of really high-intensity you know, if you're cardio, you know, if you want to do indoor cycling, running, whatever it is, you only need two really high intensity hit workouts a week. Doesn't mean you take the other days off, but you just have to do lower intensity stuff. Well, as we look at the high intensity interval training, it works, but we need to be smart about how we apply it. You know, we can look at different protocols. We have Tabata, you know, Gabala's play with something called 30-30. There's a, something called the Copenhagen protocol, which is 30 seconds of really easy exercise followed by 20 seconds of moderate followed by 10 seconds of extremely high intensity and you do that for five minutes so 30 easy 20 moderate 10 seconds extremely hard over five minutes take a two minute very easy active recovery break and then repeat that again for five minutes and with a little bit of warm-up a little bit of a cool down there's a 15 minute protocol that i guarantee will leave a puddle of puddle of sweat underneath you no matter what interval you're using or what equipment you're using tabata is the same you do a little bit of a warm-up one four-minute Tabata done properly will kick your butt if it's done properly. That's the thing, folks, is not duration. So if you're taking these high-intensity interval classes, my advice is you look for the shorter classes. Look for the 30-minute hit classes. Les Mills has something called grit. They've done a lot of research on that. And one other thing about hit training, this often gets mis- misused. There is an effect called EPOC. EPOC is Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Consumption. What this is, is your body uses oxygen for a variety of different things and uses energy. Think about it this way. If you drive your car for you know, a three, four-hour drive or you're stuck in traffic for three or four hours, when you turn your car off, your car doesn't cool down automatically. The engine stays warm for a period of time as it cools down. The same thing happens to your body during, after really high-intensity exercise. So after a hit or after really high-intensity exercise, there's a period of time where your body's cooling down. Your body's still using oxygen. We burn five calories of energy to consume one liter of oxygen. So in the period after really high-intensity exercise, your body's using oxygen. It's using energy. So here's the thing. Your body's using energy to remove metabolic byproduct. Your body's using energy to replace the spent ATP, to convert fat and carbohydrate into ATP. Your body's using energy to repair the tissues. So yes, there is. your body is burning more calories after a HIIT workout because your body's consuming more oxygen, 
but it's not that big of a deal, not that big of a, of a difference. You know, there's some research showing that there can be an epoch effect for up to 36 hours. That's one particular study that was done a number of years ago, but that was extremely, extremely high intensity. That's extremely uncomfortable for the average person. So if you do a workout and you do a really hard workout and you maybe burn five, 600 calories in the workout, which is about average for a hard workout for about 30, 40 minutes, give or take, there are a lot of variables in there. And you will be burning more calories after that workout, but it's not going to be more than maybe two, 250 calories. And there's a lot of variability. In it. I'm just throwing out a general number based on some research, but it's not going to be more than 150 to 250 calories over the hours after workout. So what that means is for those of you hitters out there that love high-intensity interval training and you think, okay, because I did a hit workout, I'm going to go have a snack afterwards. I'm going to go. I don't, it doesn't matter what I eat because I'm still in epoch. My body's burning this. If you had a 500-calorie workout and you have a 200-calorie epoch, that's 700 calories. I'm just throwing out general numbers here. Now, if you go to your favorite coffee shop and you look on the menu board and you see a frozen coffee drink is 600 calories, five or 600 calories depending on the size, and your favorite muffin might be 400 calories. Well, there's there's like 900 to 1,000 calories right there. So now you've created a surplus of two or 300 calories. Yes, you did a really hard workout. Yes, you kicked your butt. Yes, there's an epoch effect. But net, you burned maybe 700 calories, give or take. If you go out and you consume 900 calories, there's a difference. There's a problem there. And that's one of the things that, that hit training that we have kind of misfired on in fitness. Number one, we have not given you enough recovery. It's interesting. When, when I teach HIT classes, when I do HIT workouts, people always kind of look at me like, I, we can do longer. Or we can. I'm like, no, no, no. If, you, if you're not fatigued by the end of 20 or 30 seconds, you need to work harder. I am not going to take intervals up to 40 seconds. I am not going to take a high-intensity interval up to 60 seconds because that is inappropriate. If we do a 60-second work interval, like in a cycling class or in a conditioning class, I am coaching you to go at about moderate, at 50 or 60% of your max effort. If I want you to work at your hardest effort between 80 and 100% of max effort, I'm keeping my work intervals 30 seconds or shorter because I know your body only has about 20 or 30 seconds of available energy. To wrap it up, here's an example. Usain Bolt is the fastest man in the world. He runs 100 meters in about 9.82 meters per, or 9.82 seconds. So Usain Bolt runs really, really fast. He gets a little bit slower. If you look at, at Usain Bolt's 100-meter time versus his 200-meter time, Usain Bolt, the fastest man in the world, gets just a little bit slower in the second 100 meters. What's that mean? That means the fastest man in the world cannot sustain that high effort for full 200 meters. He starts tailing off the last 50, maybe 80 meters because his body's running out of energy. If the fastest man in the world can't sustain a 100-meter effort for 200 meters, if you sit there and think in a class that you can work for 40 to 60 seconds at your hardest effort, you're nuts. You cannot do it physiologically. You're, you're working hard, but you're not working the hardest. The whole idea of HIT is you work your hardest, you allow your body to recover. And I guarantee you, if, if Bolt is training his 100-meter repeats, he might run a 100-meter repeat in 10 seconds. He's probably recovering for three to five minutes between his 10-second sprints if he wants to run at his fastest level. When, when sprint athletes, when track athletes do repeats, they try to run at almost race pace because they're trying to push their pace or push their tempo. But when they do that, they allow plenty of recovery. So over the next couple of interviews, you're going to hear some great stuff about HIT. You're going to hear from one of the top researchers about high-intensity interval training. And 
You're going to hear from one of the top athletes who uses HIT and has won, has set world records and has won world titles. If you want to learn more about HIT, I'm going to have a link to a couple of interviews below in the show notes. Please listen to Martin Kabbalah. Please listen to, to Fabio Kamana and understand how to properly do high-intensity interval training. And pay attention to the next couple episodes of All About Fitness because you will learn a lot more about high-intensity interval training. Thanks for stopping by, and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness. 